I started preaching about four years after I was saved. I started pastoring about four years after I was saved, preaching about two years after I was saved. But it seemed to be all information as I as I preached. Uh, that doesn't mean there's not inspiration in the information, but I think I informed the people to death and as a matter of speaking and I've learned that we need to be inspired sometimes. I love learning, but I also love to to be inspired by what I've learned. And I believe we all would like that. And tonight, it doesn't sound like we're going to be, because tonight we're going to talk about nothing. Absolutely nothing. I hope you're not thinking, well, that's about how it is every time, Brother Kenneth, with you. But no kidding, we're going to share about 15 various scriptures about nothing. But hopefully by the end of the evening, we'll be excited about nothing. Just just hang in there, because we're going to be thankful for nothing as well. Not just that. Maybe we'll be serious about nothing. So as we get started, uh, Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, we're going to get excited about absolutely nothing. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to the disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and ye shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible Unto you, howbeit this kind goeth forth not out, but by prayer and by fasting. So here we see there's a man and he has a son that's a lunatic um, in an exaggerated animated form. I think about the Tasmanian devil I watched on the cartoons when I was a kid. He just spun round and round and here this man's falling into the fire and this boy's falling into the water and he brought him to Jesus because the disciples could not cure him. Jesus rebuked the devil and he cured him immediately and the disciples whined about it wondering why they couldn't do what he had done and Jesus told them basically that if they would follow the Lord's instructions if they would follow his word if they would believe what the Lord has said if they would believe the word of God then there would be nothing that they couldn't accomplish that's in accordance with the will of God. Whatever the 
Lord had in store for them to accomplish, they would be able to do it by faith. Nothing is impossible. I'm saying nothing. We're excited about nothing. And nothing is impossible to be accomplished in our lives that God desires for you and I. He has a purpose. He has a different path for all of us. He has different things for us to go through. But nothing is impossible if the Lord is in it and we trust in Him and we follow His words. There's instructions in the Word of God. And if we follow the Word of God, there is nothing we can't achieve if we believe and we follow him. I think of Peter when he was out fishing all night. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was a good fisherman and he was good at what he did. But he came in one morning and he had been out all night and he caught not a single thing. He said he caught nothing. And you can imagine him sitting there pulling the twigs and pulling the weeds out of the nets and there's no fish. And I see a little bit of humor in Jesus saying, why don't you go and head back out there and cast your net? He knew Peter was exasperated. He knew Peter was frustrated. And I don't know if there was humor there, but I just kind of think there might be. Go on back out and cast that net back out again and see what happens, Peter. And he goes out and he casts that net because he did what the Lord said. He said, I've caught not one single thing. I've caught nothing. But but in accordance with your word, whatever you say, Lord, I'll go do it. And he went back out and he and he had fish in that net that were so much it was going to bust the net and they couldn't even hold them. You think about ourselves and things that that we get into in life and 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 things we try to do in our own ability and sometimes it, we fall short sometimes what we want to do is not there but but when nothing is happening in our lives, we can believe and in our own ability when nothing is going on, we can turn to the Lord. We can turn to his word. He will help whatever condition we're in. He can help us when he knows we're trying to do things in our own ability. When we're not trusting him, he'll show his mighty power and he turns nothing into something when we trust in him. So we can get excited about nothing. I think of Mary. In Luke chapter 1, Mary and Elizabeth, you think about their condition. Mary having never known a man and Elizabeth being being somewhat older and Elizabeth had a barren womb. And so you think about Mary being pure and you think about Elizabeth and her track record and her history was that she was bearing barren. And here both of them have children. Both of them have a child and then. And the, and the angel told Mary in verse 37 of Luke 1, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So you take these things, you take these examples, and we consider ourselves, we, we see ourselves in the place that we're in, wherever we're at in our lives, and you and I both can also see that nothing shall be impossible if it's God's desire. If it's God's desire for you to have something, if it's God's desire for you to be something, whatever God wills for your life, He'll give you the ability for it to happen when it doesn't seem to make any sense at all. 
all. God seems to work best in an area where we do not have any ability at all. Whenever we seem helpless and we're hope, we're helpless anyway. But when we know it, that's when God will really shine in our lives because he wants us to understand that things are impossible with us. But he wants us to clearly know that nothing is impossible with him. That doesn't mean you can do everything and I can do everything and we can be everything, but we can be and do what God wants us to be. Think about your God, knowing God, we talked about this morning. Nothing is impossible with your God. That doesn't mean that you can have your own plan and hitch God to your plan, but whatever his plan is for you, you can wait on him and you can trust in him because you have a God that nothing is impossible for him to accomplish. Oh man, there is, there's just no way that something is unable to happen for you if it is God's will. And He can do things that you think would never happen. He can do that. Nothing's impossible to happen. No promise of God can ever go unfulfilled. Would you consider that this evening? Our God who has made many precious promises to us. And it's not within God to be able to break His promises. In this place of being near the Lord and in His will and following His instructions and being filled by faith in the Word of God, There's nothing, nothing that's impossible to him. I believe it should be pretty easy for you and I to get excited about nothing. But can I ask you to join me tonight that you and I might be thankful for nothing. And we see in Luke chapter 23 and verse 39, it says in one of the male factors which were hanged, railed on him saying, if thou be. Christ, save thyself. But the other answering, you understand where we are. Jesus is on the cross and the criminals are on, the thieves are on each side of Jesus there on the cross before he gave his life for our sins. But, and the other answering rebuked him saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condition? And we indeed justly, in other words, he's saying we belong here on this cross, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done, yes, nothing amiss. Well, you had one thief that was mocking Jesus and you had the other one on the other side that says, do you not fear God? We belong here. But but this man in the middle right here, he's done absolutely nothing to be here. You understand this man that was in the middle, he's the only one that didn't have to die. He's the only one that didn't have to die for sin. And yet Jesus was crucified on the cross, but he did nothing wrong to be there. We, you and I can be thankful for nothing because he did nothing amiss. Jesus Christ committed not one single act of sinfulness in his life. He knew no sin at all. And since Jesus did nothing wrong, he could do something about our sin. I don't think it should. I know it shouldn't impress you at all if someone offered to die for your sins because we're all in the same prison cell of sin as one another 
except for the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that did nothing, absolutely nothing wrong at all, did something about the penalty that was before us to be paid. Praise God that when we were on the sinful dead end road, Jesus Christ went to that cross and while two others were there for something, he was there for, for nothing at all that he had committed wrong. We can be thankful for nothing tonight. I think about John chapter six, when Jesus fed the multitude on five loaves of bread and two fish. And then when everyone was full, everyone was fed and Jesus had the disciples to go out and to gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Some of you know me a little bit and know I can be a little frugal in some ways at some times. I, I can't stand to see food on the plate from the family when we we're going to leave a restaurant. I'm glad we're family since I eat after them sometimes. You probably didn't need to know that. But anyway, let's look at what Jesus has shown here. Jesus does not like waste. He went and had the 12 baskets gathered up. What was left over of the food that nothing would be wasted. Not one bit of fish or bread would be ruined. It wouldn't be spoiled. It was gathered together and in it so it could be used and that it wouldn't be wasted. And as you think about that and how he was with the food, you can go a little further in John chapter six and and we look in verse thirty nine and it says in this the father's will which hath sent me that of all which he hath given me. He's not talking about fish and bread now. He's talking about you and me. He's talking about people he saved of all that which you have given me. I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. Well, Jesus didn't like to not waste the fish and the bread alone. He didn't like the thought of any of his people going to waste. And I'm so glad that he could do something about that. It's so sweet that we are kept by the power of God through faith. We have a divine keeper. And to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you cannot be wasted Ultimately and eternally, you cannot be ruined. You are kept by the power of God through faith. Uh, Peter said to you and I, praise God, Jesus came to this earth with a message and many were saved and many are in his care. Many were in his care. You're in his care today. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's joy to Jesus when a soul is saved, just as you and I celebrate. And just as Jesus desired that no food be wasted, it's the same way with his people. He doesn't desire that any of his people be wasted. Nothing that has been received by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ will be lost. And, and you and I are that nothing, if you will. We're those that have come to Jesus and not one will be lost that has trusted in him as Savior. That's enough to be thankful for. I'm, I'm thankful for nothing. I'm thankful that Jesus doesn't waste. This just a little something in that I think about is an unborn child 
Uh, Jesus, my Jesus, our Jesus doesn't like waste. And let's not kid ourselves. He doesn't waste that child either. He has a special place and he has something special going on with that child. Jesus paid the price for children, not just an unborn child, but one that entered into this world that never came to faith in Jesus. God has that child. He doesn't waste. He's not a God of waste. I'm thankful that God will waste absolutely nothing. Jesus did nothing wrong. Nothing is wasted. Those that have believed in the message of the cross and have believed in, in Jesus, we can very well be thankful for nothing. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're still being thankful for absolutely nothing. And as we look in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is mentioning the ups and downs of life in ministry. I'm so good to learn that. I, I, just, I just always want everything to be great. I always wanted everything to be great. And I, and I still want everything to be great. But the real truth is, everything is not always going to be great. There are ups and downs in our lives. I look at many, many faithful saints through the years, and I've seen them faithful with all they have been through. And I'm very inspired by that. We shall go through our ups, and we shall go through our downs. The Apostle Paul did the same thing, and he describes it as you look throughout this chapter. But if I could draw your attention to the 10th verse of chapter 6, Paul says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing as poor, yet making many rich as having nothing and possessing all things. Paul was in distress. Paul was in grief. Paul experienced pain through ministry, but he was forever full of spiritual joy. Even when things were down, there was still something about him that was up. He was joyful in life. He was, he's been in a very low condition. He's been in a begging position before in his life. But at the very same time that that would be going on, he's able, was able to enrich others spiritually. It, it reminds me of the church of Macedonia. The less and less they had, the more that they gave. And when Paul was down and seemed to have absolutely nothing, he had something to offer someone else. And that was the spiritual truth of God's word and his saving grace through Jesus Christ. Paul could hardly have the physical necessities of life for him to, to have his needs met, yet he had everything worth having. Being rich in faith, we are rich in faith, though we may have absolutely nothing at all. If we do not have anything at all in this world, we have every spiritual blessing that we need in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be thankful for nothing. Not only can we be excited about nothing and thankful for nothing, but... We're going to change gears and and I'm going to ask you if you can be serious about nothing. Because Jesus was. Jesus was very, very serious about nothing at all. In John chapter five and verse 19, Jesus said, the son of God can of himself do nothing. 
later on in some verses later in verse 30, he says again, I can of my own self do nothing. If Jesus himself could do nothing by himself, where does that put you and I? That puts you and I in a position of needing to be serious about absolutely nothing. Because that's what we can do without Him. Nothing at all. It's, you can't make it without Him. You're, you, something is overwhelming your life. You are overmatched and you just can't do anything about it. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's exactly the way it is supposed to be if we're not leaning upon the Lord and we're not trusting in Him. Without Him, I could do nothing. I think we sang that this morning. That's very, very scriptural. Because that's very, very true of all of us when we get serious about nothing. In John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, It is, a, it is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. It is the Spirit of God that makes us alive unto God for for anything that we're able to do for anything that we're able to be. It's going to be what the Holy Spirit does through you and I. That's the way we're going to do what we're going to do. That's the way we're going to be able to handle the burdens in life that come our way. Whenever whenever the waves seem to be crashing over our heads, we we're going to see our own very weakness. And we're going to be able to see that we need to turn to the Lord, that it is he that will have our trials under his feet when they are over our heads. We need him. We can do absolutely nothing without him. We must we must make our body a living sacrifice to Him. Our mind must be renewed, seeing we must depend on Jesus, not only for salvation, but in everything else in life. He is first, and He is what we need to make it through. We can do nothing without Him. Jesus goes on to say in John chapter 15, verse 5, he says the, that very thing to you and I now. Without me, ye can do nothing. He said without the Father, he can do nothing. And then without him, you and I can do absolutely nothing. What a, what a humbling truth of our God. What a blessed truth when we lean on him. And it's only him that can help us in our time of need. Apart from Jesus, we're like that fig tree that withered away, short of living water, not able to produce what was meant to be produced. That's how we are without Jesus. I promised about 15 or so verses about nothing, so just a few more. As Paul spoke to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 7, he said, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out of this world. We do nothing of eternal value without Jesus Christ, without being born again, without knowing Him as Lord and Savior, without depending on Him in what we do. We're going to have, uh, a person is going to have their mind on this world and can't have it on heaven above 
and storing up treasures in heaven above. Without Jesus, we can do nothing without him. We must trust him. I think of the woman with the issue of blood for some 14 years, and she went to the physicians, and she went to the doctors, and she spent all her earnings on that, and nothing worked. Not one thing worked at all until she went to Jesus. And when she went to Jesus, she was healed for free. It was by faith that she went to Jesus after absolutely nothing worked. I hope we don't have to do that. But maybe sometimes we have in the past. Maybe we've learned just such a great lesson. We'll kind of will kind of go down any avenue we can in our own ability and any resources of the world to try to fill our need of, of what we have need of and nothing will do. How wonderful is it when we clearly see that nothing will do but Jesus. It's time for you and I to be serious about nothing if we aren't already the world disappointed this woman, but Jesus delivered this woman. I remember looking around in the world, wondering what was going to fill my life. I was sharing with the teenagers. I go, I go way back in the day with the teenagers in the morning, back, back when I was a teenager. And I remember driving down I-10 going to the construction site, driving down the road. There's traffic everywhere. And I'm looking all around. I, you understand, I didn't grow up knowing anything about God. I wasn't in church. I wasn't a Christian at this time. But I remember looking around at all the cars, at all the people, and just wondering what kind of purpose I might have here. Why, you know, why am I here? Look, look at everyone around. I could be gone, and it's, it's really no big deal. It's because I had I had nothing within. Nothing at all. But then Jesus came along and he and he saved my soul. My sins were forgiven. I had I had a purpose in life. Still do. It doesn't go away. Praise God when we get to that place of realizing we can do nothing without him. As a Christian, praise God, if you're here tonight and maybe you're not a Christian, maybe you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a great thing if you see that you have nothing, there's nothing going on within, but there's some good news. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He was raised again for you. Victory over your sin if you would trust in Him by faith. I tell you what, you go from nothing to something so fast, you just don't believe it. You just can't believe it. But that's, but that's exactly what you do and that's all you do. You believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior by faith. We don't just slip into church and, and get some religion going. We see that we're dead in our sins and we need Jesus to save us. When did you trust him? Think about the calendar of life. When did he 
become your Lord and Savior? When did the word of God convict you, give your heart the faith to trust in him? And you said, yes, this 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 savior of the world. I trust him as my Lord and Savior right now. I'm with I'm with I'm with David in the 23rd Psalm. I'm with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He becomes personal right now in my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I trust him as Lord and Savior. Wash, wash me, make me white as snow. Is that you here tonight? Has God put that faith in your heart and you've and you've taken that step to decide to trust in Jesus and to follow him with your life? Well, we're about to go to the Lord in a word of prayer. We're going to have an invitation. And this is this is not a show. It's your time seriously with God. We, we share a word that is alive and is active. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So that's why this is your time right now. That you might come and kneel in prayer. That you might go to Jesus. That you might want to confess before all God's people here. I just became one of you. I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior tonight. If that be you, let God work His way in your life tonight. Let us pray. Most kind and gracious Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for your inspiration. I thank you for your word and your truth. Lord, we can take a simple word like nothing and and you can do many things with it, dear God. We we see that we're nothing until we come to you, Lord. We we can be serious about nothing. Lord, we can be thankful for nothing. Because you did nothing wrong to be on that cross. It was all right for, for every single one of us that you might die for our sins. Lord, and after you save us, we can be excited. We can be excited about nothing because there's nothing that will hold us back from doing whatever you will for our lives. Nothing outside of our own selves and decisions to do so, that is. So, Father, save us tonight. Sanctify our lives tonight, Lord. Have your mighty work in the lives of these people here. I want to thank you for what you accomplish through your word. We love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name.